You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus, starting at $3 a month. Get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shout-outs, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to GatorsBreakdown.SupportingCast.FM to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter, at GatorDave underscore SEC. Joining you right here, Lorenzo Lingard will join us. He will join Will Miles and me discussing his journey from Miami to Florida, how he ended up at Florida, everything from this past spring, where he showed out this spring. Didn't get to see it too much in the spring game, uh, but we get to sit down, have a conversation with Lingard. Really good stuff coming up here uh, with Lorenzo Lingard and uh, myself and Will Miles. Before we get started, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Really, really helps us out. Get this new algorithm that's out there on YouTube. Likes really help out. Subscribe. Get those notifications when the new Gators Breakdown is out there. That really, really helps us out. And be sure to check us out at the home of Gators Breakdown, news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. And also right now, uh, if you're a Gators Breakdown Plus member, we had a chat earlier this week, and that episode is out on the podcast feed, the Gators Breakdown Plus podcast feed. So uh, Eddie Rojas from the Gator Collective, a big Gator Collective-focused episode right here. But Eddie, everything out there with the NCAA and their new guidelines for NIL, uh, Eddie jumped in on the chat really gave us some insight on how the Gator Collective is keeping on business as usual. Doesn't affect the Gator Collective much at all with the new NCAA guidelines out there. So Eddie jumped in. We talked some recruiting. We talked some football as well. So good stuff right there on Gators Breakdown Plus for a members-only chat episode. <clears throat> so as I mentioned, before we get started, big shout-out to the Gator Collective for setting this interview up with Lorenzo Lingard. Once again, bringing you fans closer to these student athletes, helping the student athletes interact, helping them build their brand. We know current players want to build their name, image, and likeness. We know recruits are looking for great name, image, and likeness opportunities. And that's what the Gator Collective provides to bring even more to Gator Nation. The Gator Collective is hosting FanFest 2022, May 21st. The annual Fan Fest connecting you with Gator athletes and coaches. Bring your favorite Gator memorabilia for autographs and appetite for delicious barbecue from Shannon Snell, his famous relationship ribs. And join the Gator Collective for an evening of entertainment and fun. You'll even have the opportunity to take pictures on Florida Field with student athletes. Fan Fest will be located in the Holloway Touchdown Terrace at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. Your ticket includes food catered by Shannon Snell, Sonny's Barbecue, opportunities to meet and greet with Florida Gator players and coaches, live music from a local DJ, participate in raffles, and more. Tickets are on sale right now for current Gator Collective members for $40. Check your member dashboard or your email. Non-member tickets go on sale this Saturday, May 14th, for $65. And here, as far as the football side... 
are some of the players you can look forward to who will be in attendance. Derek Wingo, Avery, Avery Helm, Lloyd Summerall, Kamari Wilson, David Reese, Lorenzo Lingard, Osiris Torrance, Ventrell Miller, David Connor, Jason Marshall, Jervon Dexter, Dewan Black, Brenton Cox, Chris McClellan, and more. So if you're not a member yet, join the Gator Collective with a link in the description here on Gators Breakdown or scan the QR code right there on your screen if you're watching the YouTube version. So let's get this conversation started as Lorenzo Lingard sits down with Will Miles and me. Joining us right here on Gators Breakdown, running back Lorenzo Lingard. Of course, big spring from him. We heard his name, practice in, practice out, all the reports, practice in, practice out. Get to the spring game. We don't get to see much of him. He's going to explain everything that happened in the spring, his career leading up to the University of Florida, transferring from Miami. So, Lorenzo, thank you so much for joining us right here on Gators Breakdown. I uh, can't, can't wait to uh, get you to interact right here with us. So I think the first time we've had a, an active player right here on Gators Breakdown. Yeah. Thank you guys, too. I'm excited. I'm going to play my song right quick. Let's go. If you're st- <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> i think i think i think everybody i think everybody knows what that out the out there is so like i said man we got we get to the spring uh and look this is your chance to break out you know, we get to spring practice and damian pierce is gone malik davis is gone and we are here and all right now it's lorenzo lingard's time demarcus bowman's time montreal johnson comes in what was the spring like for you and uh, explain to us maybe why we didn't get to see you so much in the spring game so during the spring game, I felt really, really explosive. I had a big ball of energy the whole time. Um, I uh, caught the ball on the swing pass. I took three very explosive steps. And then next thing you know, I pulled my hamstring a little bit. It's just a strain. Like right now, I'm, I'm back running, feeling healthy. But then uh, overall, during the spring, um, my success in spring was based off of my teammates. Uh, my old linemen, my quarterback, my wide receivers, the defense and whatnot. We all came together and pushed each other every day uh, so you know speaking of the offensive line i mean obviously that's a that's a place of focus you would think for billy for billy napier and the staff and can you speak a little bit to the offensive line sort of how they've gelled and how they help you do your job yeah so uh, basically it started with communication so the o-line they all communicated their ids their reads and whatnot and they made their blocks and that made me play fast so you know what i'm saying so as a unit if we're not all, like not all on the same page, then, you know, I have to slow down. The quarterback has to slow down, you know. So during that whole time during spring, we were all on the same page. We were all playing fast, and that's how we made our success. Montreal uh, Johnson comes in, as I mentioned, you know, the transfer from Louisiana. So at, at first we didn't know. We, we go, we're thinking the season ends. Florida needs some depth at running back. Hey, this spring – could be just Lorenzo Lingard. It could be just Demarcus Bowman. But Macho Johnson comes in, gives you guys a three-headed monster at the running back position. How instrumental is he coming in with his experience playing in this Billy Napier offense to help you guys, uh, and, you know, help you and Demarcus kind of come along faster in this offense? So basically, uh, his knowledge for um, Coach Napier's system is just excellent. He's a great kid, great player. Um, with with Coach Napier's system. His plays change, uh, so like that's kind of good for us in a way that teams won't have our plays and whatnot. So I mean, but overall, throughout the spring, he he definitely helped us, and it was kind of like a like a shootout every practice. Um, so basically, I'll break for twenty yards, he'll break, Bowman to break. So then it was it, it, it was just consistent competition. So of course we know that you know there was a, a coaching change happened. There's some culture change. Does bringing in a transfer like Montreal Johnson, who had experience with the coaching staff, did it help you guys off the field as well? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, him knowing each coach that came from from Coach Napier's school was – it was good for us because we had a lot of questions. But then we just seen how much trust he had in these coaches. And so we knew that, you know, it wasn't going to be a problem. Well, how's that been? I mean, obviously you switched from Coach Knox now to Coach Jaluk, and, you know, there's clearly differences between the two, but what would you say is the biggest difference between the two, and why do you think that that having Coach Jaluk there in your your stead is going to help you guys excel this year? Difference is, uh, Coach Jaluk lets us be ourselves. He lets us play to our our natural ability, and, you know, with that being said, uh, if a player is feeling comfortable, 
in their own skin and playing and doing what they do, then, you know, there's no cap on how much success that they'll have. Linda, you mentioned feeling comfortable. But what about this scheme? Uh, the change from Dan Mullen's scheme to uh, now Billy Napier's scheme, running back coach change as well. Uh, what about, the, you know, what, what did you learn in this offense this spring that makes you feel more comfortable and, and confident in this offense? Basically, this this scheme is running back heaven. <laughs> I mean, we get the ball probably 10 times a game. So, what I mean, we all got to be in shape to be, to be able to carry the ball 10 times a game. So, and then pretty much is what I was used to growing up, running downhill, you know, stretching the ball out, whatnot. So, basically, I feel, I feel natural doing that. Well, so the scheme is pretty similar to some schemes that are run in the NFL. Teams like the the Rams, teams like uh, the 49ers, you know, very similar running schemes. Some of those old Broncos teams where Terrell Davis was out there. Do you uh, do the coaches show you any of that NFL tape to look at? And does that sort of, you know, whet your appetite for what might be to come as, as you get to show what you can do on the field this year and maybe next year and then and then go on to the next le- the next level? So they haven't showed us much NFL tape, probably like one or two. Because during our field time, like during the film time, it was just uh, strictly film. So, I mean, but I'm sure whatever they do is going to help us and is going to give us great exposure. I mean, so let's go back a little bit, uh, of course, and your time. You, you transfer from my, you, you commit to Miami, you go to Miami, you suffer an injury there. Uh, first of all, you know, give us an update. That was a pretty nasty injury. You know, are you fully confident? Are you fully healthy from that injury? Uh, that leg injury you suffered at Miami. Then you transferred to Florida in the very tough year of 2020. Your, your father's sick, and you want to be closer to him. Uh, just kind of talk about the, the whirlwind of going to Miami, transferring from Miami uh, in 2020, dealing with your father's health, and now hopefully all everything is okay there for you, your family, uh, and now you, you're here at the University of Florida, but dealing with that tough, you know, like, like, like a lot of people out there, that tough 2020 year. So to start off with the um the injury at Miami, I mean it was it was gruesome, you know it was a uh, happened on a freak play. I mean I went for uh I went for a contact and then the player jumped out of the way. So then that's how that happened. And then during that time, my my therapist, uh, physical therapist Jeffrey Reese got me back within no time. But then uh, coaching change happened, and then you know things weren't going my way. So then I transferred. Um, so the process during the transfer was pretty smooth. I, uh, I was looking at UCF or here, and then I just made the choice to come here because I thought it would be in my best interest as I would be able to become a, a better player and play against better competition. And then as far as my dad's health, um, 2020 he did uh, did catch COVID, and then he was in bad shape, but then he came out of it. So then, I mean – from that point, uh, that taught me to value family more, and whatnot. So, so I'm glad I came, um, came close to home. Yeah. So, you know, you played special teams at Miami a little bit. Um, certainly, were able to contribute there. Is that a place you expect to contribute at Florida this year, or is that going to be left to other people? And you're just going to be focusing strictly to running back. I love special teams. Um, so I mean, that was my role for two years here. Um, special teams, and then it was basically put me in an uncomfortable position to learn something. But then once I learned it, I felt like I was a better football player. And then at the next level, if you're not the core guy, you got to play special teams. So, I mean, adding those tools to my belt actually helped me improve. Lorenzo, you mentioned playing special teams, but, man, the, the fan base wanted to see you on the field a bit the last couple of years. They wanted to see you take some carries uh, in, in these ball games, And, you know, we didn't necessarily get to see you a whole lot. And, you know, we didn't get to see a, a lot of the running backs, uh, you know, at least far, far under Dan Mullen the last couple of years, you know, and last year. They did run the ball a bit more, but it was five carries, six carries, seven carries. Nobody could really stay on the field. You couldn't hardly get on the field. So, you know, yes, it was a disappointing season last year, and we'll get to that too, but how personally disappointing was it for you not being able to, to, to crack the rotation and get on the field? I mean, as a team player, I mean, I just – I do whatever it takes to help the team win, but uh, it was definitely frustrating because I was doing the same thing those guys were doing in practice, you know. Um, spring game, when uh, when Coach Mullen was here, I broke a, uh, a 90-yard or whatnot. I had the most carries. I think I had uh, most reps of like I think it was three hundred and twenty-three reps. 
So, I mean, I don't know what they were looking at, but I had a lot of reps with them. And then things didn't go my way, but I was definitely thankful to be a part of the team and contribute on special teams to help win games. You know, I mean, a couple of years ago, you got in against Vanderbilt. It really looked like you had an explosion that maybe some of the other guys didn't. Um, <laughs> you know, from the standpoint of of what we can expect to see this year and sort of bragging on you a little bit, are you the fastest guy in the running back room? And is that something we're going to get to see this year? I say I'm up there and like a long, like probably like 100 yards. I'll probably come out on top, but, but Bowman's fast too. Bowman's fast. I mean, we both ran – 21.5 miles an hour. So, I mean, whatever's next, whoever cracks the next top speed, I mean, it goes from there. All right. So, that, 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 all right. That, that, I, I got to know now. Like, do you guys just, do you line up a lot against each other and just, you know, go at it at practice and see, you know, is it a 40, is it a 50, a 60 yard dash or anything? Or, you know, now with the GPS and the, and the miles and now miles per hour, do you, do you more so track it that way as a, Instead of a, just a straight sprint, who's faster during a given play or something like that? Yeah, we better preserve our legs if you want to race up. <laughs> Basically, it's the it's the GPS system, and and if not, we oftentimes run during conditioning. But we don't. Uh, but like we we haul during that time. But it's it's not for like it's not for like actual like bragging rights or whatnot. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, so, you know, obviously there's been some running back rotations over the last few years. You said earlier that each each guy's probably going to get about 10 carries. Um, you know, when it comes to you as a running back, what do you prefer? Like, how do you like getting that broken up? Do you want, like, one one full drive and then sit out a couple of drives? Or do you want a couple of drives in succession and then sit out a couple of drives? Like, if you're going to have to split time, what makes sense for you to get the most out of you as a player? I'll say a couple of drives couple of jobs at a time so like rather be i like rather i take the first drive and then my trail or or nature or, or naquan take the first drive or or like either or as long as i'm getting a whole set then i'll be fine i'll be warmed up i'll be i'll be ready Loretta, maybe even toward the last staff but more so towards this staff you know it's more than just taking a hand off and running, you know, can you, can you, can you catch the ball at the backfield? Can you block for your quarterback when he drops back to throw? Can you help your offensive line, you know, be an extra blocker? How much of that part of the game is important in, in a coach's eyes? Cause everybody, yeah, look, we know how fast you are. We want to see the ball in your hand. As Will mentioned a couple of years ago versus Vanderbilt, we see you make that run and we're like, Oh man, there's a different kind of speed. We haven't seen is the other side of the game a larger part than what fans, you know, and look, even me, myself, you know, so sometimes make it out to be is, is how, how important are those aspects of the game as well? I mean, to be on the field, you have to do all things. So, I mean, um, I, I definitely had some issues early on in my career. I mean, and that was just from learning the the plays and stuff like that. It's just like, like, like a big old ball of just commotion. But like now I'm just, so like it comes to preparation and confidence. So, I mean, catching the ball, I'm, I've been catching the ball since like since birth, and then um, blocking and whatnot. That comes with preparation and knowing who's coming, knowing who's the idea of whatnot. But like I said, in in order to be on the field, you have to do all those things. You know, I mean, it used to be running backs got you know twenty five, thirty five carries a game. Obviously, things have become a little bit more. Um, a little bit more rotation heavy. Um, is that something you prefer? Does, is it is it like a relief pitcher in baseball where you know you can get more out of them if you have them go an inning or two, as opposed to having them go the whole game? Or if you had your druthers, would you like to get twenty five or thirty carries and have the opportunity to rip off you know one hundred twenty five, hundred hundred fifty yards um, in a big game? Whatever, like so, basically whatever it takes for the team to win. So like if it's if it's me getting one carry, I'll do it. If it's me getting three carries, I'll do it. If it's me. You know, just playing both teams, I'll do it. So I mean, whatever it takes for the team to win, I'll say would be in my in my preference. I mean, but we gotta be honest a little bit now. This is your third year at Florida. I mean, come <laughs> on, you, you you know you gotta want to want you know 10, I, 15 carries a game. Yeah, probably 10, 10, 15. And, and and probably going to Will's point there, do you feel that that's that is some benefit though? Because you know, as Will said, you know. Like Damian Pierce, he had a ton of mileage on him coming out of high school, and then we get to college, and of course we did. We definitely wanted to see him on the field more last year. He was, he was, he was a really good player when he was out on the field. Just didn't get the carries last year. So, um, 
do, do you do you feel you know now now you don't need so many hits if you want if you want to have those NFL aspirations? Yeah, like all you need is a good year, a thousand yards. I mean, got to got to play clean, and so I mean, you know, just if it so so like if it takes getting less carries to get drafted, but I'm making positive, impactful plays, then so be it. But if not, then then I'll take the 10, 10 15 carries. Yeah. So Lorenzo, who are some of the running backs you like to try to emulate? Are there guys out there that you specifically look at their style and say, Hey, I want to try to emulate that. Or, or do you just sort of have a list of favorite running backs and you sort of see the different things that they do and try to incorporate little bits and pieces into your game? So it was Todd Gurley, but now I think um, I'm leaning more towards uh, like my running style and whatnot. And I have this book that coach, that coach Napier gave me that I asked for. It's called The Little Book of Talent, 52 Tips for Improving Your Skills. So uh, I wrote down a list of three backs that, um, that I had interest in. One was Christian McCaffrey, one was Alvin Kamara, and one was AP. But I say overall, like childhood probably was Chris Johnson, childhood. Um, I like AP, but right now I'm, I'm leaning towards Christian McCaffrey for like a business decision. <laughs> <laughs> um, part of business decisions come off the field work too. Uh, and you mentioned, you know, the players that you have to kind of emulate and, and follow. And we know part of Billy Napier's plans for his players is, you know, he gives them a game plan. He gives them a, a book and part of it is emulating players out there, but also knowing the offense, knowing the opposing defense that you're playing. What What's the off field aspect? Uh, there's the book right there. Yeah. What's the off-field aspect of a, of a Billy Napier running back? You know, what what are you having to take care of off the field to, to learn your craft, to learn that your learn your position that you play? You got to put in the time. So I mean, each coach is there full time, so their doors are open. So basically, if we don't know anything, it's up to us to go up there and learn it because coach because coach Napier he he gives it uh, he gives his staff everything that we need to know. So I mean, yeah. I mean, so obviously last year a little bit tough, but, uh, you know, a lot of close losses as well. You know, game against Alabama, game against Kentucky, game against Missouri. Um, what is it about this staff that you think is going to push you guys over the top in these games this year as opposed to last year where maybe Florida came up just a little bit short? I say we're more disciplined. Um, last year we came up short because of the, the penalties and whatnot. So, I mean, if we didn't have those penalties in some of those games, we wouldn't have the coaches that we have. So, I mean, everything – happens for a reason. So I mean, like now I, I, I think that we're more of a core team and and we're like definitely more more disciplined. Naquan, one of the bigger storylines, he didn't get to play, but we did get to hear him talk to the media a little bit, Naquan Wright. Mm -hmm. uh, he did get he had the miss spring and then he, he did actually take take did take part in, in a few drills out there that we got to see him in. Um, how's he bouncing back from the injury? And he look, he's the most experienced running back in the room. How much, besides Montreal Johnson actually playing in this offense with Billy Napier, uh, how much do you look up to him as his experience out there on the field? So like, so like the way that, that Laquan can break down plays and whatnot, it's just, it's like he's a quarterback. So, I mean, he, he has our best interest for, for anything. I mean, like, like rather just advice outside of football, you know, or like on a play, I mean, and I watch him and what he does. I mean, he's almost perfect and pristine at what he does. So I mean, so I mean, like learning from him is is what I take into consideration every practice. Well, obviously, you know, Naquan Wright, we've seen quite a bit of film on him. There's some other guys we've seen out there on the field. Who have we not seen much of that you think is going to surprise us in 2022? Is there anybody specifically that maybe you've you've seen jump out at you, either in practices or on film, that uh, that we should be uh, excited to see coming up in, in, when the season kicks off? Um, Mc, McNillan. I'll say McNillan. Um, who else? Uh, One player we heard all throughout spring, Dewan Black. Oh, man, this man had a pick for every practice. And if he didn't pick it, he dropped it. But, I mean, it hit his hands, so, I mean, like like every practice. It was crazy. <laughs> well, he's been going after Copeland on Twitter tonight. It's been uh, it's been interesting to watch those two go back and forth. <laughs> I'm not about that. <laughs> <laughs> 
There we go, Lorenzo. Yeah. So, you know, that that does go into it. I mentioned off the field, you know, learning the playbook too. But, you know, off the field, like social media is a big thing. And we talk about fan bases and you know, can it become toxic and social media is part of that. And you guys were going through a, tr- uh, a rough season, you know, last season. How How is the, you know, knocking out and blocking out all the noise that, that that's out there, uh, whether it be social media, whether it be, media like me and Will, whether it be, you know, national media uh, out there. How do you guys deal with it, especially given the tough scenario that you guys dealt with last year? And I come from the the craziest fan base um, down south. So, I mean, all that noise, it don't, it don't bother me and whatnot. I mean, we stay composed and we just know that the task that, that we have in front of us is more important and that, that people on the outside don't know what, what goes on on the inside. What what does I mean? So, what does your day look like? I mean, you know, we hear that you you can only spend twenty hours on football. We all know that's kind of wink wink. Like <laughs> at, at the end of the day, like what 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 does a day look like for Lorenzo Lingard, especially like during you know during some of the tough times? Like what is what does a full day look like when you're going to class and dealing with lifts and runs and practice and all that sort of stuff? Just to give people a flavor for the amount of time you guys put into this. So nine nine thirty tutoring, that goes until ten thirty. Then we got um eleven thirty lift. And then from there I might have a, a tutoring session at two for like thirty minutes. And then I think around three we get dressed, um, dressed tape. Then we go into film and we off and then from, from three we're we're practicing all the way until like six thirty, six fifty. You mentioned, you know, tutoring and all that. And, you know, sometimes we we gloss over the student athlete part of uh, being a college football player. So what is school life for? You know, what, what are you majoring in? Uh, and what do you hope to to take out of that after your time playing football at Florida? So, I mean, our, our schedule, by it being so tough, we have a great, great, great staff over at Hawkins. They do a great job keeping us updated on things and whatnot. And pretty much – um. My uh, my degree is going to be in education, so yeah. So what what's your favorite part of the University of Florida? I mean, you know, obviously Gainesville and and Coral Gables or Miami, very different places. What would you say is your favorite part of of being a Gator or your favorite part of Gainesville? And what do you think you're going to miss when when it's all over? Besides sneaking on Lake Alice, catching the bass, um, <laughs> I'll probably say um. Honestly, I, I spent most of my time on campus in the weight room. So uh, I'll probably say the weight room. Hi, Lorenzo. So Gators Breakdown Plus member Nader Gator. Oh, no, my, my. This wasn't from Nader Gator. This was, uh, this was uh, from, from Ryan. He listened to one of the other episodes, so he knows you like the fish. What's your personal best largemouth bass? Uh, the one that I posted, it was like it was like five pounds. Okay. <laughs> so, how often are you fishing? If, if seven days in a week, three, four days a week. One, probably oh, one. Oh, okay. I, did, I did <laughs> work out there, and so then, come time after the workout, I'm just I'm just gassed out all day, and just tired and whatnot. So, <laughs> so yeah. Do you do you have a favorite Billy Napier story? I mean, we sort of see him and he gets up there and it's very monotone. And it's very controlled in terms of what he's telling <laughs> people. Do, do you have a favorite story about him that would give us a little bit more insight into what he's like once you kind of get behind the scenes? Or or is what we're seeing what you guys see as well? And it's just that yeah. is who he is. Yeah, so that's him. I mean, I've, I've been waiting for a day for him to come in on a, on a different level, but he won't. I mean, it's like, you know, it sounds crazy because like, you know, I've been I've been around coaches who had a couple of bad days, but this man doesn't seem like he let anything get to him. So, yeah. And a and a crazy story was he was he was probably like 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 three minutes late to the meeting because he had a a different meeting. And when he's mad, he says, "Kiss my ass." So then he walked. <laughs> in, the whole team was like, "Kiss my ass." <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, so that was funny. <laughs> all right, so so now we got a Billy Napier saying, and, and we all we all know it now. So we can we, we can uh, we can have fun with that one, uh, Lorenzo. Was there that 
kind of now it's only been spring, of course, and we still have a whole season to play. But was there a, a, a light bulb or a light bulb moment or an aha moment to where, you know, it just whatever Billy Napier was telling you to do, whatever Jabbar Jalut was telling you to do, that, that it just made sense? Um, I would say I came into great cahoots with them when, when I basically when I could just walk up to them during practice and ask them a question, like, okay what should I do on this play or whatnot? And then he'll just give me his, his honest opinion, like no no side comments or no no uh no jibber jabber or whatnot. And then him being himself is what is what made me like, you know, draw towards him. And then one time after practice he had a um he had like a couple of, of notes and then he said, Keep negative people away from you. Keep negativity out of your life. And then once he said that, you know, I kinda like, you know, uh, I became more, uh, more trustful towards him. So, I mean, it, it's interesting, obviously, with 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 all the changes going on. Do you guys feel the culture being different? Do you feel, you know, if, if that's the mantra from the coaches, keep the negativity out? Obviously, at least on the outside, it felt like there was a fair amount of negativity last year within the program. Does it feel kind of like a cloud's lifted and, and you guys are more free to, to just sort of go out and perform as opposed to to what it felt like last year? Oh, yeah. I mean, each each coach's energy every day is just it's, it's up here. I mean, I haven't seen one coach have a bad day, like I said. So, so basically what, what a coach teaches us and how they act is a reflection of them for us. So, I mean, yeah. Rindo, of course, going right now, recruiting is a hot topic. And, look, you're doing you're, – you're helping out us right now by, you know, doing this interview. And a lot of it's brought through uh, by NIL, and name, image, and likeness. And it's a hot topic right now in, in college football and how it should be handled. Uh, but, you know, but there's a lot of good that can come from it. And getting to talk to you uh, is, is a benefit of NIL. So what are your thoughts on, on name, image, and likeness? And, you know, how, how would you like to see it uh, be, you know, performed out there from the adults in the room to the, to the student athletes and the football players and basketball players and all the other athletes that's, their own, that, that's on campus? You know, how is it, is it going fine in your eyes? Uh, or, or, you know, can there be a lot, lot more clarity uh, to go along with it? I mean, first and foremost, the the best NIL deal is is your performance on a game day. So I mean, as long as the players is is focused on getting better and and you know not letting NIL impact their life in like a negative way, then I think it's good. But um, overall, it's been it's been great across the country for me. I mean, that's what I see. So. Well, I mean, you know, you mentioned that the best way to best way to generate NIL is is through performance on the field. Got Utah coming up to start the season. Is that how excited are you for the start of the season? And and are you jacked to have a big game starting off the season, or do you sort of like easing into the season with you know what kind of amounts to a preseason game with with a directional school, um, or do you like getting off the bat, you know, right off the bus and starting with uh, with one of the big ones? I say the big one is is uh, it's going to be. I think it gives us more, more of like a flame during practice, you know, to to become better or whatnot, and it just it just sets the bar that much higher for us to pass. Rinto, NFL draft not too far uh, in, in in the rearview mirror. Hopefully, we hear your we hear your name called uh, around this time next year as well. What was it like seeing Damian Pierce get his name called? You know, not a lot of carries. Only three Gators drafted. Uh, you know, a far cry from what it was the year before. But what was it like? Uh, you know, a guy that you're in the meeting rooms week in and week out to have his name called, even though he didn't get the carries uh, that we a lot to see him get get last year. What was it like to see his name called? It was great. I mean, just like like being there, knowing you know next year is my chance, my shot, and just as long as I'm focused and healthy that, you know, that I'll be there too. And not just him, but, like, like my old teammates from Miami, Travis Homer and, you know, him. So then it's just it's just all those guys went and they're still playing. So I'm like, man, I, I can just have a chance and just go and do great things too. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, Dave mentioned the three guys that got drafted this year, but certainly the year before, guys like Kadarius Tony, guys like Kyle Pitts got drafted as well. Are there things you've learned about that process from those guys going through it, things that will sort of help you prepare both for the season, but then once the season's over as well? Uh, so so one thing that I seen Kyle Pitts do was, like, he was in the – 
he was in the um the meeting room with the coaches every day. So I mean, I took that into consideration last year with coach uh with coach Mullen staff, and I had a great spring. But you know, things things didn't turn out my way. But but definitely what I seen from Kyle Pitts is okay. You know, always be on point, always be on your end game. Renzo, I, I, we'll be wrapping up with you right here soon. So I, I do ask, you know, the the players that I've done some previous Gator Collective stuff with them, whether it be on the, the Twitter spaces or or uh, Brenton Cox when I did an interview for the Gator Collective with, with him. Now we got the we got the word, and Billy Napier said it himself that Florida might be wearing black jerseys sometime soon. So, but I am going to ask you: Are you are you a black jersey fan? But with the traditional jerseys, what's your favorite jersey combo? Are you an orange helmet, white helmet, orange blue jersey, colored pants? If if Billy Napier came to you, Art Lorenzo Lingo, are you picking the uniform for Florida versus Utah? What uniform combo are you going with? I'm gonna go with the white helmet and probably white helmet with the all orange. Okay, we haven't seen that one yet. <laughs> white so white helmet, white gloves, white cleats, all orange. There we go. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, going a, with I'm the a big, white, I'm a big <laughs> white helmet fan. I, I, I love the white helmet. Dave <laughs> likes the white helmet, but there's a subset of the fan base that thinks it makes us lose. I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> 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 a lot of superstitious people, man. That, that, there you go. That's the hardest question I'm going to ask you all night. Does the helmet color cause Slaughter to lose games? <laughs> I would say if it's a full moon and, and things are wild, okay, yeah, full moon. But other than that, penalties. And that's <laughs> so, so I got a question for you. What's your favorite game? Like, do you, do you, you know, I think Dave, obviously, he's from Georgia. So he, he gets jacked for the Georgia-Florida or for the Georgia-Florida game or Florida-Georgia game. Sorry, I got to say that right. Florida-Georgia game. Um, you know, but but is, is is that your favorite game or is it, you know, like when you got a team like Alabama coming to the swamp? Like, wh- what is it that, that you know, you look forward to the most when you're looking forward to a season? Definitely Florida-Georgia game. But I think, I think the most fun and most fun I had was playing at Tennessee. Playing Tennessee, it, like it was just, it was just different. I, like, um, I can't explain it, but it was just like the energy level and just the back and forth, and then that battle. It was just, it was great. Well, plus you get to quiet him down. <laughs> and, you're, and your only experience in Neyland was 2020, right? The, yeah. Yeah. So even a COVID year, it's, um, it's that's cool that you still, uh, you know, Florida travels back there this year, and Tennessee's supposed to be better. We'll we'll see if it actually amounts to anything, but. Uh, Hopefully you got about five touchdowns in that game. And oh yeah. <laughs> so do, do you guys get into that at all? I mean, obviously the fans are really passionate about the rivalry, right? I mean, Georgia wins the national championship last year, and th- that was hard for a lot of Gator fans watching that. Um, you know, the Tennessee rivalry has sort of cooled off a little bit. The Kentucky one's kind of heated up a little bit over the last few years. Like, do you guys get up for those sorts of things, um, like the fans do, or is it more just week to week? You know, focus on your job, make sure you're doing your job, and you know, try to get up as up as you can every week for a game. Week to week, I mean, we can't be more up or or more down for for a team, and and then I guess I guess we seen that example last year. Um, so yeah, I mean, we got to take every team with a full head of steam. Uh, a full head of steam. Will man, anything else? I just want to know what it was like watching Anthony Richardson in that second half against LSU. But I mean, we were all sitting there just like mouth open, going, "Wow!" Like. Yeah. This guy's this guy could be special, and I'm wondering what you were thinking while you were on the sideline watching him watching him in that one, Lorenzo. To, to extend that, to extend that, man, is that is that what we can somewhat expect to see oh, this year from from Anthony Richardson? Oh yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely sharpening up his game and then his ability every day, every week. I mean, I mean, the guy is training in private probably right now as we speak. So I mean, we're going to see a lot from him this year, a lot of great things. And, and to Will's point, what was that that experience like? That second half versus LSU, like, did the, was that was that kind of okay? You know, you you know, that's the Anthony Richardson that he can be. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, he was just like it wasn't no like there was no smoke in his face. Like it like it was all clear, and like you can just see that like like he was very passionate and felt like a strong sensation just to win. 
Uh, so, Lorenzo, one reason you're on here, man, you put out a tweet, uh, you know, that you wanted to talk to Gator Nation. You know, you wanted to be on all the all the Gator podcasts out there. And, and I've seen you making the rounds the last couple of weeks. And a lot of it's been through the Gator Collective, man. So, you know, give us you know, your thoughts on the Gator Collective, the, the shout out there of, you know, the opportunity uh, that they're giving you to, uh, you know, kind of engage with Gator Nation. For one, um, I'm, I'm truly blessed for them. Um, and, and the way that they work and handle things is, is so smooth. It's, it's not a hassle. And, and I appreciate each, each podcast that I do for working with them in a smooth manner, but it's, it definitely helps out the team with getting each player exposure and whatnot and getting fans to reach out to those players so we can interact and become a family. Get your nation, man. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Will, man, anything else? No, man, just thanks so much. Appreciate you coming on. Great to hear about the team, and uh, best of luck this year, man. And I'm hoping next April we get to hear your name called the draft. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Lorenzo. (laughs) Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Now, Gator Collective's got a lot of stuff going on. You just heard from Lorenzo Lingard, but let's hear from another Florida Gators running back this week on 84 Reasons with Ben Troop. He's joined by Demarcus Bowman. I remember when he decided to transfer in from Clemson out of Lakeland, Florida, Lakeland High School. I want to say three years ago was the number one, number two rated running back in the nation. Not playing for them boys out there in Gville. It's the Mr. Demarcus Bowman. What's going on with you there, Demarcus? No, man. You know, we just chilling. You know what I'm saying? Grinding all season work. Now, Demarcus, man, before we even get to Florida, man, I know, I know, coming out, you went to Clemson. I heard you gonna have to clarify that you had a had a grandfather that was living in Atlanta. I think, you know, may he rest in peace. I know, we, I know, uh, you lost him during like the pandemic. You had another grandfather living in the state of Florida. Did you did you originally pick Clemson because you wanted to be able to have uh, your grandfather in Atlanta be able to come see you play? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I did. How was yes, that? Man? I mean, when you talk about a. a, a when you talk about somebody like yourself, Lakeland High School, for which we're going to get to, I don't know what in the world y'all doing down there in Lakeland to where y'all putting out – most teams, most cities are put out one, maybe two dudes. Y'all putting them out 10, 20 guys every other year. But what went into that decision by you, by you trying to make sure you had a family member of yours be able to watch you play? Did that make the decision to go to Clemson easy? Because I know you had a lot of teams to pick from. Oh yeah, 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 uh, yes, sir. That, that made uh, the decision real easy. Um, I got a lot of family in Georgia and Atlanta in that area, so yeah, it made it real easy to make that decision. Now you go from being the number one, number two ranked uh, running back in the country, going to Clemson. You decide to move on, um, get back into the transfer portal. How I want to say, I, I try not to use the word easy, but how how much. Less, you know, uh, strenuous or how much easier was it on you to be able to say, well, you know what? Obviously, you know, I got the University of Florida real close to the crib. How how was how was getting back into the port of the side? I'm going to just play for Florida. Made it a lot easier because obviously, hopefully you grew up a Gator fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't too hard uh, knowing that I got all my boys here. Keon, Finley Graham, uh, you know, San Ventura, all them boys. So it wasn't too hard. Uh, I had text some boys before I came and had. You got to talk to them boys and just understand how they do stuff and what they got going on over there. So, yeah, it wasn't too hard. I mean, how, how much of a blessing is that having guys like Ventrell, you know, Zip and those guys who are already there, who knows what it is to, you know, play in Florida from the jump to say, hey, man, they, they kind of gave you that cosign to be able to say, yeah, the markets come through, man. Obviously, we can utilize your services and what you, you know, what you do with that ball in your hand. How? How how was those conversations and how welcome how much easy did that make it on you to say, hey, all right, I got some I got some players that I played with, played against, no growing up, because it seemed like all y'all Florida boys, all y'all that's that's uh that's four and five stars and either been the army all American games, played mm-hmm. in the playoffs or played against each other and pop one at some point in your football yeah. career. Yes, sir. Yeah, um it's just I mean, all growing up in the city of Lakeland, uh, you know what I'm saying. 
just growing up watching Ventrell and uh, Keon and playing with uh, Finley and all them. So, I mean, it, it was kind of, it was kind of easy. I mean, having all them boys around make it, you know what I'm saying, very special. I, I ain't going to lie. I mean, I love, I love being with them boys and just getting better and competing with Ventrell and all them boys. I mean, that's really what it's all about. Talking with Demarcus Bowman, running back in shore and there at the University of Florida. Getting a chance, he's gonna get a chance in this year's uh Billy Napier offense to really go out there and show what he can do in a very, very yes, talented, sir. crowded running back room. This is 84 reasons, no gimmicks, no games, just stories. His story told his way by him for us. Just reasons, 84 reasons. Demarcus, man, talk about talk about your skill set. Cause when I I remember you when you came out. I mean, as a guy that you know understands, try I try to keep my I try to keep my ear to to the ground as far as like what players coming out of the great state of Georgia and the great state of Florida. I remember you coming out of Lincoln. I mean, what, 70, 71 touchdowns? Man, you averaged like 11.4 yards a carry. That's some that's some ridiculous type averages to know that every time you touch the ball, it's seemingly a first down. Talk about your skill set and talk about, you know, where, where does that explosive and natural athleticism come from? Uh, see, I say uh, down there, working with uh, Bill Castle. Uh, I mean, you know what I'm saying? We were working in uh, – I mean, I, I really just get a credit to Bill Cowson and uh, Will Baylor. Them boys, you know what I'm saying, taught us, you know what I'm saying, right from wrong, you know what I'm saying, how to work and, you know what I'm saying, how to live and just, you know what I'm saying, just to work on yourself and work on your craft and uh, not be afraid to, you know what I'm saying, attack your flaws and stuff like that. So, um, I mean, just being, being with them guys and learning from them really, you know what I'm saying, helped my ability on the field and stuff like that. How competitive is it coming up in a city like Lakeland the way y'all putting out players every single year? Y'all know y'all y'all know the guys coming before y'all. Y'all know the guys come behind y'all. Being able to carry the rock for a school like Lakeland High School, man, that's a lot of pressure on you with some big-time players that's not just coming through there, but literally there right now. Oh, yeah, I mean, it was it was, uh, it was um, very, like, uh, big shoes to feel going into Lakeland and uh, playing running back because, uh, I mean, Coming, coming up, going all the way back to like Chris Rainey and stuff like that. And I was young watching them boys. So, I mean, just watching them boys all from that age and then growing up and actually being able to be one of the running backs for Lakeland, uh, Lakeland High School is very special. And I'm around, like, I feel good to be able to be uh, one of the running backs to come out of Lakeland High School. I mean, does it start from a really, really young age? Like, y'all boys and pop water, they already saying, look, that's going to be the next great one, you know, for Lakeland mm -hmm. High School. And here you are, seven, eight, nine years old. You you know, you still trying to figure out life. And here they are saying, oh, man, about, you know, they project that eight, nine years from now, them boys going to be going uh, to be competing for state championships. <laughs> no, nah, we, we wouldn't even, even know that. Now, when you when you leave when you leave Lakeland man, to go off to Clemson, I know you end up in Florida. How you know how how was that? Uh, how was the the atmosphere? I know a lot of times, you know, you from Lakeland, Florida. I spend my whole life in Florida, man. I might go to Orlando, you know, to go see Mickey mm -hmm. Mouse. I might go to Miami, you know, if I want to just go visit Miami. I might go to Tampa if I want to go to Bush Gardens. But your whole life is spending Lakeland. Was it was it was it was it, it kind of like a culture shock when you first went to Clemson? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah, it was very different. It was nothing bad, but um, it was just very different uh, up there in South Carolina, Clemson. So, um, I mean, that that was, you know what I'm saying, one of the reasons why. But, I mean, it, it's not nothing wrong with the program. Like, it's a great program, you know what I'm saying, all the resources on and off the field. But, personally, it just didn't, it didn't fit me personally. And that's what I really tried to, try to get across to everybody. Like, it's a great program, but it's just not me personally. And, you know what I'm saying, I'd rather be. Back close to the crib, my boys. Talking with Demarcus Bowman, football extraordinaire at the University of Florida. Going to get a chance to go out there and show what he can do yeah. in this Billy Napier uh, offense. I definitely want to run the football. Uh, this is 84 Reasons. I am being true. No gangs, no gimmicks. Just stories. His story told his way. For us, by him, giving us reasons, 84 Reasons. Demarcus, man. Talk about your skill set. I, I I remember, like I, like I mentioned, in that damn Mullen offense, I was like, well, they're not really featuring the running backs like they could in the offense. That's that's no slight against you. That's no slight against Dan Mullen. They just they just want to do more of a more of a, a spread offense with the, with the guys they had on perimeter. But now you look at this new offense you in. Dan, I mean, Billy may be coming over from Louisiana. Man, talk about spring practice. Man, talk about your opportunity to be able to say, look, it's enough balls to go around. How you see yourself fitting this offense? Oh, I see myself uh, feeling good in the offense. Um, 
Billy and uh, Billy just tell us every day, uh, you know, what I'm saying just get yourself ready and be mentally prepared because uh, we're gonna we're gonna run a rock, man. You know what I'm saying? So we just doing that every day, working at it every day. But uh, we got, I got, I feel like I got a real good chance in this offense and being able to run the ball with the outside zone, tight zones, and gap schemes that we got into the uh, playbook. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy that you mentioned like certain gap schemes. I mean, uh, certain, uh, you know, outside zone, inside zone. Is there, is there a certain play that you like? I know when it comes to y'all running backs, man. I mean, y'all can run, y'all can, y'all can do anything. But is there a certain play that you say to yourself, listen, coach, you run this? I mean, you got a chance, you know, to be hitting my head on the uh, in, in the end zone. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's definitely uh the the gap scheme plays. Uh, I mean, we ain't run too many of them in uh the spring game, but um yeah, we got it. We got it for them. We got it for them though. We got it for them. Already, yeah, most definitely the gap scheme play. Absolutely. I mean, this is your. I mean, you are already dealing with your third head coach, Dabo Swinney, Dan Mullen. Now you're talking about Billy Napier. I mean, what has been different about Billy Napier outside of the fact that y'all boys got y'all boys got a parking lots, parking spaces now? Every time I see y'all online, I don't know where the hell y'all getting this shrimp and uh and uh you know and uh and a uh, lobster from Demarcus Bay. Y'all must be flying it in. From Lakers, <laughs> man, talk about talk about the new regime, man, and how they seem to coming in saying, "Listen, I'm giving you the best strength coaches. I'm giving you the best position coaches. I'm giving you the best nutrition. I'm giving you the best of everything." And they obviously, you know, helping you guys come together as a squad. Hear that answer and more from Demarcus Bowman on the Gator Collective's 84 Reasons podcast, hosted by Ben Troop. Get early access to the podcast by joining the Gator Collective. Great looks there at a couple of running backs for the Gators that will play huge, huge parts in this Gator offense. Billy Napier's first offense this fall as the Gators take the field in a somewhat tough schedule. You can best bet those running backs will be a huge part of Florida being a tough team in and of itself. That'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SCC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.